You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. God changed his name and told him, you shall keep this covenant by circumcising yourself, you and all the men in your, in your employ, everybody with you. Some of you heard me tell this story, but I'm going to tell it again. Eleazar was Abraham's form, ranch foreman. He's a mobile ranch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mobile ranch. He was a ranch foreman. And I can see that Eleazar probably was kind of ashamed of Abram's name because he had no kids. He would see Abram walk up to a stranger like Abimelech, king of Gerar, stick his hand out, shake his hand, say, Glad to meet you. My name's Abram. My name's Abram. That means father, you know. You'd almost see Eliezer hiding behind the camel going, Oh, man. Oh, I hate this part. My master's a great man, but everybody thinks he's crazy because now I know what he's going to say when he says, when he says I'm, my name's father. And the guy over there says, Your name is father? Where are all your kids? Pull that little 80 year old woman up to his cheek to cheek and say, We hadn't started our family yet. <laughs> yet! They talk about the woman's uh, biological clock ticking. Hers was sounding like Big Ben, you know, bong! Bong! <laughs> that biological clock was clanging. <laughs> I get to see Eleazar because he, he loved a Abraham. Abram, what's his name then? He wanted him to look good, you know. I can just see the day Abram come home from this meeting, comes back to the ranch, and as I says, where you been, Mr. Boss Man? I've been meeting with God. Oh, did he say anything to you? Oh, yeah. He changed my name. Oh, happy day, as I said. What did, what did he change the name to? George, Paul, John, Ringo, something something good, something like that? Something everybody likes? No, none of those. What did he call you? Well, you no, you no longer call me Father. From now on, you call me Father of a multitude of nations. I feel like I feel like Eliezer just got sick. I can see him falling face, dirt in the, face down in the dirt. And Abraham picks him up. Sits him on a rock. Then he tells him what he's going to have to do to keep his job. Oh, no. Circumcise. He's going to have to do to keep his job. You thought it was hard for you to get to church this morning. I can just see Eleazar going, oh, my. Okay, let me get this straight. We no longer call you Father. We now call you Father of multitudes of nations. And we're going to take our knives and we're going to do what with them? What? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that with them. Evidently, 
Eliezer believed him. I mean, let me tell you something I know. If, if, if a man just makes up his own religion, guys, help me out here with these so these women can understand. If you're just making it up, it wasn't really God. No man makes up his own religion and says, you've got to do that to, you, to no. yourself. I'll cut off my ear, my finger, something, but don't touch me there with a knife, right? Am I right, guys? Amen. It ain't going to involve anything like that. No, it's not. That's why we know Abraham heard God. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, wouldn't just make that up. It had to be God talking to that man. No man would make that up. No man would do that. Now a woman might, but a man would never do that. <laughs> There's so much discussion about this these days, about the blood. In some denominational circles, they have removed the mention of the blood from the hymnals and sermons. They don't want blood to be the emphasis of the message they preach. But throughout the New Testament, you'll find that blood is one of the most emphasized things in the whole New Testament. It is the way we re relate to God. You need to know that. Covenant comes is, is talking about bloodshed. The word covenant, new covenant, is talking about bloodshed. In spaces, comes from the Hebrew word berith, B-E-R-I-Y-T-H, berith, if you're taking notes. Berith. It just means to cut, to shed blood, to cut, to shed blood. For a promise. Men felt like they couldn't promise anything bigger than their blood. If they made a promise and they backed it up with their blood, they meant that. And nobody could add to it or take away from it. You understand that? That's what the covenant means. If you're in covenant, you are there forever. Amen. I'm going to try this side. If you're in covenant, you are there forever. Amen. Covenants are blood-based. Amen. I have some good news for you, though. You don't have to shed any blood today to keep your covenant. Jesus shed the last blood that was going to be shed for, for God. All you do is put faith in His name. Yeah. Faith in His name, because His name means He was a man, and a man is the only part of God that ever had blood. Amen. Through faith in His name, the Bible teaches us. Anybody, anybody here ever heard of Henry Stanley? Henry Stanley? Henry Stanley was a uh, explorer, a, 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 a safari guy. Went to Africa and everything. Englishman, back back way many years ago. And David Livingston was a missionary from from England who went to the dark continent back then. It was really dark in in the Belgian Congo. In the Congo, we used to call it the Belgian Congo, the middle of the country, the continent. There were no roads, no electricity, no houses, no nothing in there. And it was a huge area. It's bigger than Texas. It was dark in there. That's where David Livingston was. That's where he wound up. That's not where he ended up, but that's where he was for a lot of his life. He went there and preached the gospel and got lost. They couldn't find him. Nowhere to contact him, anything. So his family got together hired Henry Stanley to go find him. And Stanley found him. But he, he tried for, for two or three months to get into that deep, deep part of that continent and he could not get there. He was thwarted, thwarted, thwarted on every hand. He could not get, get past a certain place. 
Finally, he asked his guide, what, what are we doing wrong here? His guide folded his arm and said, you got to cut the covenant. Got to do what? Cut the covenant, sir. You got to cut the covenant. Well, how do you do that? He said. He said, well, it's a ritual. He got with the largest tribe in Africa and cut the covenant with his chieftain. Here's how it went back then. One of Henry Stanley cut his hand. The chieftain cut his hand. They bled into a cup together. And they both drank it. Now that's strictly forbidden in, in the Bible. Yeah. Drinking their blood. But they had a form of covenant anyway. They understood that both parties had to contribute. Both parties had to contribute to that blood. You understand that? That's why God sent Jesus to be a man. Ah, oh, think of that. It had to be the blood of man and the blood of God or there would be no covenant. That's why we had to have a Savior who was both God and man. Amen. The man God, the God man, Jesus. He is the only possible person to save us. That also explains to you why there's no redemption for the devil. Who's going to die for him? His sin is not going to be forgiven ever. Your sins are already forgiven. Even the ones you're going to commit tomorrow. I'm not giving you a license. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. From God's point of view, Jesus has already taken care of that. You use your faith to get rid of it, but it's already paid for. You understand that? Amen. Now we just use our faith to get rid of our, our, our shortcomings because it's already been paid for through the blood of Christ. It never has to be redone. Amen. It's that powerful. See, when they, when they brought their sacrifices, they brought the sacrifices of a yearling. A yearling meant that that blood was one year old. Are you hearing me? That blood was one year old. And so it covered for one year. God sent his yearling. He's a multi-yearling. A forever yearling. Amen. The blood of God was in Jesus' veins. That, that blood never needs to be redone. That's why it still goes on and on and on and on and will forever. Amen. Once and for all, sacrifice. The Hebrew word I said for, for uh, covenant is berith. It means to cut. There was always a cutting. But the first mention of blood in the, in the Bible is in Genesis 4.10. Could we turn there? Genesis 4.10. If you have a Bible, you can turn there with me if you like. God said to Cain, after Cain had killed Abel, he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. I get a lot of good out of the first mentioned things in the Bible. If you want to know what something is really about in any, any, almost any subject, go to where it's first mentioned. You're going to find a big truth about it. This verse, the first mention of blood in the Bible is right here. Now God showed him blood when he killed the animals and made their, 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 their clothes from the skins. We see the blood in that, but it wasn't, he didn't say blood in there. First mention of the word blood is right here. Are you with me? Amen. He said, your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. My question is, why did not Adam hear that blood crying out? Why did not Eve hear that blood crying out? Why did not Cain hear that blood crying out? You know why? 
because blood does not speak the language of men. It speaks the language of God. God heard the blood speaking. And he said, your brother's blood is crying unto me from the ground. Amen. This is powerful. So that means that all your prayers now, because of Christ at the right hand of the Father, are covered with his blood. Amen. That's good. Hebrews 3.1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of God's profession, no, of our profession, Christ Jesus. He is now your apostle in heaven for you and your high priest. As a high priest, I've told you this before, but I'm going to say it again. The high priest in the Bible did not exist for the sins of the world. He existed only for the sins of God's people. When God's people were in error, they had, they had an advocate with the Father, had a high priest. Yeah. You have a high priest whose office, whose term, who has no term limits. Amen. And he's not going to resign either. Amen. He, can't be, he can't be put out of office. He's there forever in the presence of God for you and me. And he says, as an apostle, he is there with a message from us. He says what we say. Amen. And applies his blood to what you what you. Ask God for. I'm going to give you some points now. First thing is, blood speaks the language of God. Blood speaks the language of God. It's important that you know these things. Leviticus 17, 10, and 11 says, And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any matter of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and will not will, and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Blood doesn't work for your body as well as it works for your soul. It's an atonement for the soul. Now we're not going to apply these Levitical laws to us, we're just finding truth in here. You understand what we're saying? If you like rare meat, eat rare meat. If you like rare meat, eat it. It's perfectly good and well. Who likes it rare? Amen. The life, the second thing I want you to see is the life of the flesh is in the blood. When God made Adam, he saw himself in Adam. I want you to know something he still does. He still sees himself in every human, human being. God sees himself in you. He saw himself in you at your worst when you were a sinner. That's why Christ died for you. He sees himself in mankind. Why? Because he made man in his own image, and in, in his own likeness. He could not stand the idea that we were bound by the, the devil. It's like, it's like Satan has all his pictures, his images of God with a chain around their neck. You see, it tells himself, I got God here. Looks like God. It's not God, but it looks like God and mankind. He tells himself that when he got Adam that day, he, he had 4,000 years paraded him around. saying, look here, boys, I, got, I told you I'd beat God. I got him right here. God's image. 
One day he's going to find out. He did find out already. He found out when Jesus came. You see, because they had so sinned, they had so sinned, and Jesus came and knocked the devil's lights out. He started it. He started it by going into the wilderness. How many years was Israel in the wilderness? Forty years. Why? Why were they in the wilderness forty years? Unbelief. No faith. But it was because they'd gone up into the promised land for 40, 40 days and, and came back saying the wrong thing. They said, indeed, they had been complaining that whole 40, 40 days while they're in the in promised land. That cursed their future. You can curse your own future with your mouth. Amen. You can curse your own future with your mouth. 40 days they were up there complaining and talking down about God's promises. Jesus came along, went back out into the wilderness, and for 40 days said the right thing. Redeeming Israel back from that mess. His whole life was about redemption. And then he paid, laid down his life and paid for their covenant. In Genesis 9, we don't have to look there, but Genesis 9 says, This is the covenant God made with Noah after Noah came off the ark. God instituted the death penalty for the shedding of blood. He still sees man in his image. He will not tolerate murder. So the third thing is death is required for shedding of man's blood. That's how precious man is to God. He doesn't even want to die. He doesn't even want one to die. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I know. I know you, you think you want your boss to die, but he, he, God doesn't want him to die. Then we get to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. You know what that is? That's God taking Isaac and telling Abraham, you've got to take this boy up on that mountain and sacrifice him there. Sacrifice this, this, this one and only son you have. Would you turn to Hebrews 18? Uh, Hebrews 11, 18. Hebrews 11, 18. I'm not going to keep you long because this is going to take many messages to get through this anyway. Hebrews 11, 18 says, Of whom it is said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, next verse, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Oh, in an image that, that word figure is. The Greek actually says it just like this. It says that Abraham saw him dead and alive again. Abraham saw him dead and alive again. Have you ever been told you had to do something and you played it over in your mind five times before you had to do it? You can imagine what Abraham was going through when God told him to take that boy up on that mountain Mar Mariah. It must have sounded like dun, 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 It must have been bad. He must have seen himself killing that boy over and over and over. So much so that that's all it had to do. God did not want the boy killed. He wanted him sacrificed. You think, you think it's the same thing, but it's not. He sacrificed him in his heart. Sacrificed him in his mind. He became willing. And he was going to do it. 
And God didn't want the boy killed because God does not need human sacrifice. He had one. That was enough. Abraham saw the boy dead and resurrected. The whole point to this is this. Not that God was trying to get Abraham to kill the boy. Otherwise, he wouldn't have stopped him at all. But the Lord needed Abraham. Listen to me now. Get get this point. See, in a covenant, there has to be give and take. What Henry Stanley did was he found this this, uh, chieftain and cut the covenant. After they drank each other's blood... Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. After they drank each other's blood, the chieftain yelled out some curses and blessings. And he said, What's he doing? He said, He's cursing you if you, if you transgress this, this uh, covenant. And a little bit, he stopped and his tone changed. He said, What's he doing now? He said, He's blessing you. He said, This is what you're going to get for keeping the covenant. And then he looked at Henry Stanley. Henry Stanley had uh, ulcers real bad. He took a goat with him every every place he went. He drank the milk, goat milk, for his ulcers. The chieftain wanted that goat and put his finger on that goat. And uh, he told Henry Stanley's interpreter what he, what he wanted. Him. Stanley says he can't have my goat. He says, "Sir, he'll have your head." It's either your head or his goat. Your goat. He said, okay, take your goat. Had to give a gift. A gift followed it. But when he did that, that chieftain brought him a stick. Brought him a stick. He said, what's this stick? He said, lift it up. He raised that stick up and all the, all the Africans nailed down on their faces to the ground. He walked right through, right through them. It was his it was ticket to find find uh, David Livingston. It was his ticket in. And in about three weeks, he found him right after that. Didn't take very long. A covenant that opens doors for you that you can't get over open any other way. Amen. Glory to God. Covenants open doors for you that can't get open any other way. God gained legal access by God's own laws. Not, not, not the law of Moses. But God has to live with himself. He has certain standards, you understand? And he could not just come rushing back into mankind and give his son to die for our sins. He had to get a man to do that first. And when Abraham gave his son to God, that opened the door for God to give us Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. And he did it. He did it just like that. Now the fourth thing I want you to see is God had to get a man who has authority on this planet sacrifice his promised son to God so that God could give his own son in return. Amen, amen, amen. Exodus chapter 12. Let's turn there real, real quick. Real quick. I want to read two verses. Verse 7 and verse 13. Exodus 12, verse 7 says, And they shall take of the blood of the, and strike it on the two side posts, and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And the blood shall be, verse 13 says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see, 
This is where the Jews get the word Passover. They celebrate it every year. It's this event right here. The night before the death, death, death angel went through Egypt, they had to kill, kill a lamb in their house. They killed a lamb in their house, and they took the blood, and they posted it. Wasn't enough for the, for, for the lamb to die. It had to be posted to secure their exit from Egypt. It was posted up over, over, over the door post and on the two, two side posts. You see that cross yeah. on each side and at the top? See that cross? A bloody cross. Even back then, 3,500 3, years before Jesus came. Amen. Amen. Forecasting a bloody cross. Amen. But when Jesus died, he died for your sins, all right, and his blood took away your sins. But to get you to make sure you make it to heaven, he had to take that blood up to the up to up, post it up on high. Yes. Over your head. Yes. He had to take it to the throne of God, put it on the real mercy seat. That's where that's where it is today. And then he turned around and sat down in it. Turn around and sat down in his own blood. Amen. Amen. He is seated right now in mercy. Seated in mercy for you and me. He, he's going to be there until he stands up. Amen. Aren't you glad you got in before he stood up? If you're not in yet, you need to get in today because he can stand up any, any time. The one lamb would cover their sins and take away the rightful death of the people who were covered by that blood. The angel of death passed over them, and they, they all left Egypt. They began to establish worship in the tabernacle as a nation. And there one lamb died for the whole nation's sins. See that? So there's a progression. A lamb, a lamb for a, a man with Isaac, a lamb for a house in Egypt, and a lamb for uh, the nation in the tabernacle. And we fast forward to the banks of the Jordan River. Hear the prophet John the Baptist shout, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Amen. Amen. Finally, a lamb came with the whole sins of the whole world. Amen. Praise God. We see a progression of the sacrificial lamb throughout the Bible. It was, God was taking, taking us to the world all, all along. The sign of the cross on the doorpost meant that it was done. Amen. Let me, let me take you to Isaiah, and then I'm going to finish up with this. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11. God telecast to the, to the people of Israel that, that, that there was a change coming. Through Isaiah, it's called the Messianic prophet. He talked more about Jesus than any other prophet. And most, I, would, I would dare say more than all of them combined. Isaiah 1 and 11 says, To what purpose is this multitude of your sacrifices? This is God speaking unto me. Saith the Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of the he goats. When, he, when ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling assemblies, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. 
it is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear your, your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before that mine eyes. Cease to do evil, verse 17. Learn to do well. Seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. You see, God said he was done with this. He's telecasting, he's forecasting. It's coming in a day real soon. He's sending, sending them a, a clue where, where he was going, going to go. He was going to put his spirit in them so they could do well. You can't learn to do, 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 do well and do it. You have to be born again so you can do well. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 53, 4, 4 through 7 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and inflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened out his mouth, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so openeth not his mouth. God is telling them a change is coming. A change is coming. A change is coming. Every day with Jesus means there's a change coming for you. A change is coming. I don't care where you are, there's a change coming because of the blood. Blood makes, makes good changes for you. Blood makes the good things change for you. Frank, would you do me a favor and come up here and give that word you gave me? Put it right here. For many nights now, I've had the same dream. And I showed it to Dr. John. Basically, what it was, there was a multitude of us, and we were packing up all this stuff in boxes. And we were taking it somewhere. I didn't know what we were doing with it. But the Lord revealed to me just this morning. God said, I'm beginning to pack up all of the old that's in you to make room for the new. And God said, my word is new. And God said, well, the enemy has tried to fill you with the things of the world. God said, I'm beginning now to pack these up. And we're going to trash that. And God said, I'm going to give you only the things that I have have for you. And you will know that it is me. Says, Amen. That's a good word. So stop living in the Old Testament. Get over the new, the new, the new, the new. Amen. God bless you.